Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. What a joyous episode of such bountiful, bountiful, uh, um, I didn't like it. Well, you know, the Walking Dead series is really, really known for how hopeful and optimistic it is. It's practically its trademark. Right. You know, they just, every show, every new episode is, you know, more joyous than the last. Next week on Despite Our Best Efforts. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, folks, and welcome to Zompocalypse Now. We are discussing the latest episode of Fear the Walking Dead. And it was a cheerful one, full of happiness and joy. It was, actually. <laughs> Until until that last little scoochie booch. It is a... Uh, I'm not going to say it's a bait and switch. Because there's a certain point of inevitability that really starts to feel, I mean, oppressive in a way as the show right. moves on. Uh, the name of the episode is called In Dreams. And that is, in fact, in large part, the premise of the episode. There's some visions happening, some dream happening. Right. Uh, we start with Grace waking up in uh, on, on Nicolas Cage's farm from The Color of Space. <laughs> and she's lying there having just the most adorable, like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm having a wonderful dream moment. And then she's attacked immediately by a walker. Uh, and, and she tries to fight it off, but is rescued by a young Indian woman. And, and she's like, what are you doing lying around in Nicolas Cage's farm from Color of Space in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, just lying on the ground? Don't you know that's dumb? And Grace is like, I don't know that's dumb because I don't know anything because she's got amnesia. And it gets dumber from there. <laughs> she doesn't have the usual style of amnesia where we would spend the entire episode trying to figure out who she really is and what's going on. No, she gets over her amnesia Relatively fast. Relatively fast. It doesn't mean that she knows what's going on, but she knows who she is. She knows, you know, she just can't remember the last little bit of time that got her to wherever she is now. Right. Well, think about it. Last time you had a dream, did you have you ever had to give out your social security number? <laughs> I mean, Not remember. Or remember anything about yourself ever. It's it's always so interestingly enough, I took a nap this afternoon because there's been lots of things going on at work and so I've been not getting as much sleep as I'd like. And I had just the most vivid dream. And I don't remember my dreams a lot. 
And I woke up and for the briefest of moments, I was very disoriented from where I was because it felt so real. And it was not like a crazy dream. It was a very ordinary, this is kind of like Tim's life when, Mm -hmm. you know, he's awake kind of dream. And it was just odd enough and just close enough that for about, you know, I don't know, less than five seconds, I was kind of like, wait, did that, did that happen? Is that a memory? Okay. No, no, no. That's not a memory. That, That didn't happen. All right. That's fine. All right. But it was it was a weird sensation. I don't have that very often. I know Dustin has very vivid dreams. I do. I have been cursed with vivid dreams my entire life. They're very entertaining, uh, though. Yes. I I uh, I have been on Chantix for like four months because the dreams are amazing. <laughs> I mean, and I use it as a crutch as well. But you know, right? Yeah. They keep giving it to me, and I, you know. <laughs> Well, just you just keep on going there, buddy. Um, so, but this is one of those things where it's like we immediate we as the audience members immediately know that this is some sort of dream, and honestly, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility for Walking Dead shows to do a surreal episode like this every once in a while. Uh, they, you know, when sometimes when the characters are close to death or or whatever, they will have these surreal, like, dream-style episodes that allow the characters some sort of closure. They did that with uh, Tyrese mm-hmm. in, the orig- in, in the OG show. And I remember when we watched that, we were not really sure how we felt about it. Because right. it was a very strange episode, and it I think it was less about it breaking out of the mold of what The Walking Dead was doing. It was more about the execution and how it ultimately felt by the time we were done with it. It was like, this is an interesting experiment. And as I recall, I don't think, I think we felt it didn't quite work. Right. This, I think this worked, but. Right. I agree. I I think, you know, once... Because it becomes pretty obvious, even to Grace, after a minute, that this is some sort of dream. Because Athena, the girl she's with, takes her back to her community, and it's the dam. And everything's built up, and and she's like, I live here with my dad, and, you know, here he, here he is now, and it's Morgan in a white fright wig. And you're like... You know, oh, hey, and she that's when she remembers who, you know, like who she is and stuff. And then she is able to convince Morgan that she is who she is. And he takes her to her own grave. And like, you know, she meets with, you know, June, who's a doctor now. And, you know, and it's just one of those like weird, surreal moments. And I think. You know, we don't know. She doesn't know what's going on and how she got here and, and why she's seeing the things she's seeing. But she figures out that it's because she dies soon after Athena is born. Oh, Athena's her daughter. And she says, oh, I must die soon after Athena's born. And this is my chance to 
to see her as a grown-up. That's, you know, that's our working theory. Yeah, um, yeah. I figured out for me why this episode didn't ring very true as far as the relationships and the and the it was the dialogue that did it and I realized that because I'm looking at the IMDb IMDb for this episode and it's written by all dudes. Mm. And that isn't a good approach for a for a, a heavily emotional episode about loss really i don't think and, and you know pregnancy a lot about pregnancy in this episode well nazrin uh, nazrin chowdhury who was one of the writers on this is a woman oh uh excuse me but this is why we don't do research curtis I know. I'm turning off the page so we can talk out of our asses about it. God. I le- That's the best part of the show. Jesus, what, am mm-hmm. I, what the fuck am I thinking? I just needed to know. <laughs> but there are nine guys on that and one lady. So, Well, it, what's interesting is that while the dialogue is mm, odd, it almost fits in with the dream logic. It's the stuff that's in the dream that the dialogue is not. Uh, it's, 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 I'm not going to say it's simplistic, but it's simplified. And outside the dream, I, I didn't have an issue with the dialogue because we get our confrontation between Nick Stahl and his band of psychopaths and uh, Morgan. And there's some stabbiness going on. Morgan, Morgan's desire to not do harm to other human beings. That's only an inside the community thing, Tim. Because <laughs> he's very stabby. Yeah. Uh, so Grace figures out that she's having some sort of like psych- psychic moment, but she's in, in peril out in the real world. And she decides the best way to... To, to try and say, like, get what, you know, like, get out of the stream world is to go to the place where Morgan has her body in real life. And so that's her and Athena's quest. They have to go to the place. Oh, and she's in this weird dream logic world because out in the real world, Morgan and Grace came upon a car that turned out to be a car bomb, which injured her while they were on the way to June's hospital so she could give birth to the baby. Which raises the question, how did Nick Stahl and his band of merry psychopaths know they were there? Were they watching the dam? Were they, you know, it's just, I mean, there's, we know we know that there's lots of possibilities here, but we we don't actually get a reason as to how. Yeah, they don't they don't give us any kind of reason. I think you're just supposed to infer that it's like some sort of happy accident, or there was they did some sort of research or something. It doesn't that part doesn't actually matter how they got there. Mm. It doesn't matter, Tim. It doesn't matter for this episode. It means literally nothing to this episode. How Nick Stahl found him means nothing to this episode. Except it's just another example of the magic power of coincidence in the Walking Dead universe. Right. 
But aside from that, you're right. It doesn't mean anything. Talk about crutches, though, man. They lean on that a lot. Well, you don't need to know. You well, don't. The entire, you don't need to know. All of these things take place in the same square mile. We know that because that's the only way the Washington universe makes any damn sense. Right. <laughs> so Athena and Grace finally get to the vet's office where where Morgan is holed up with, with Grace's unconscious body, moving around in a wheelbarrow, stabbing people in the face and neck, and... Uh, so she and Grace have to fight their way through zombie versions of Nick Saul uh, and his henchmen to get out of the place. Like she's got to go out the barn door to get alive again so that she can give birth to the baby. See, we it's, all thought she was going to heaven. Yeah. I thought this was going to be the end of it. I thought he can, was going to Can we to... refer to the stall as a manger, as the writers intended? Ha <laughs> uh, Well, you know what? Oh, I will... Dear. I fully thought that she was going to die and he was going to have to cut that baby out of her. Well, it's, I, and that's, really what, that's really what they're setting you up for. I mean, yeah. they're, the, the whole thing is very much a... It's presented as a dying dream. And they lean into that every time you turn around. And, you know, we've, we've seen this kind of thing before. Mm-hmm. And with not just in the Walking Dead universe, it's a thing you see in a lot of fiction. Um, there's a certain amount of emotional closure that's going on here. And I think in some levels, they handle it pretty well. I mean, they, they set up the fact that, you know, you get a chance to see the future you won't be a part of. And right. that's not a bad thing, whether it's real or not. And the way that they talk about Athena, everybody like, oh, her birth was like the starting point of everybody like working together. And she di- she was born and then you died. And, and uh, so we rallied together to take care of the baby. Uh, <laughs> and like I said... <laughs> Uh, yeah. And like I said, while we were watching the show, it's like that one baby that was born right before Athena is like sitting around going, what's fuck, dude? Like, why can't you rally about me? Why can't I be the future? My father died. Um, but because that baby's just a doll. <laughs> that baby's not a real baby. So. So Athena and, and and Grace say their goodbyes, and Athena or Grace leaves the barn uh, and wakes up in the real world. Uh, and so, but but then Nick Stahl shows back up, and he's pissed because Morgan killed all his dudes, but he came back with a gun, and he's like, strangely very vertical, despite the fact he's got like a. What two inch in diameter hole punched in his chest? Right. I mean, most people are bleeding out really, really bad from a wound like that. But tis a flesh wound, Timothy. But he was in a Terminator movie. He was. So I feel this has got to be a nod to the Terminator franchise because it makes more sense than anything else. Well, he is holding that gun with the hand that by all right should be disabled based on where he was. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it reminds me, do you remember in Starship Troopers? Because uh, you, I know you've both seen it. Don't even pretend like you haven't seen it. It's a this? surprisingly good movie. What is the Starship Troopers film you speak of, Dustin? <laughs> so at the end of the movie, Denise Richards is in like the king, the queen uh, bug's lair or whatever. Uh-huh. And the queen bug like reaches out with its giant like five inch d- thick uh, pincer and stabs her right in the shoulder, like in there. Like you can, you can even see how huge this thing is like. Like, she's screaming, oh, no, my body. And then she pulls out the pincer and Pinch. goes on to fight to fight Casper Van Dien. Uh, and then uh, Denise Richards shows up again, and she's got this huge, ridiculously huge machine gun thing. And she's just, like, laying out, laying out fire, like... You know, I did, my arm just gets severed completely off my body by that giant thing. Uh, so good when people don't remember what anatomy is. <laughs> there is a grand tradition in fiction of people being shot and not passing out from shock. There is a grand tradition of people being receiving fatal wounds. <laughs> And continuing the fight scene. <laughs> People don't realize it takes, it can take a number of bullets to kill you. Yes. Well, you that's, can survive a lot. Well, that's true. But you can't walk around like that. Yeah. You're not fucking Bruce Willis in as, as a 50-year-old man getting the shit knocked out of him for two hours in a, in a diehard movie. You're not that person. But no. you... Yeah, but, but Nick neither is Bruce Willis. You know, but Nick Stahl was in a Terminator movie, so yeah, Nick Stahl's that person. I'm, yeah. I'm that's my working theory. Yeah, but he's so not, none of us. It's the crossover episode guy. we've been waiting for. We're all going to cry if we get shot by. Oh God, I would just be yeah. on the ground going, "Take yeah. whatever you want." <laughs> so anyway, Nick Stahl and his gun are like, "Give me the key, Morgan." And and at some point in her dream, Grace saw the key, and, and Athena said that it was the price of peace or whatever. And so that makes Grace think, oh, well, you know, Athena already said that she's the future. Like, like she's the one we're all going to rally around. The key doesn't mean anything. The and Christ so she, figure, if you yes. will. So she convinces Morgan to give him the key. And so Nick Stahl leaves, and the babe, and, and the, the Grace goes into labor with the baby. And uh, then the baby. You want me to do a theme song while you, the song while you do, while you explain this part? You go ahead. And dreams are mine. And then she's like, oh, I'm giving birth. Birth. And then, uh, then the baby. The time. Then the baby is born and it be dead. It's dead. It's a dead baby. It's a and- decent, decent hunk of silicone they made a dead baby into. <clears throat> They probably rented that though. They make yeah. a lot of those for it, for like CSI and shows like that. You know, they've got they've got a warehouse full of body parts and dead babies mm. made out of silicone, like you do. Yeah, I and mean, you know, have you guys ever noticed it? I mean, there's like they were only halfway done, and in every show where somebody gives birth, they never like 
be like, Do you okay. really want to watch two more hours of placenta being extracted from a body? Really? Yeah, they Just should, gloss they should over montage that too. And then Morgan should have taken a bite. This is a TV or movie pregnancy where nobody goes into labor for six hours. When my kid was born, we had so many instances of false labor where we would get in the car and drive to the hospital and they would say, nope, go home. Well, we'd be like, are you sure? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're sure. I'm like, fine, and we go home. And then Grace already had one. She already had false labor once this season. Right. But and- the idea that, you know, all of the, especially, and, and this is a conceit that we get in this kind of storytelling. I mean, part of the reason why every, why Grace is expecting to die is because she was exposed to radiation. And the fact that she's got the time she's had is, is feeling like borrowed time for her. Which is why this episode seems to work most of the time, because we were kind of expecting this at some point. Well, and, you know, yeah, and we're, you know, and also the thing about, like, Grace is so paranoid about what's going on with the baby. Like, that other baby, the one that is not the key to the future, he was born in a shack. In a, a what used to be a, a, a damned up town, town, while his father was gone and his mother was alone, right? And like they have to drive Grace to the hospital. Really? Well, I, again, I think the idea is being that they're expecting this to be a difficult pregnancy because yeah. Grace is strictly speaking frailer than the average person because of the radiation poisoning. But, I mean, it, on one hand, it kind of works. Giving the key to Nick Stahl makes sense, not just because of Grace saying that, you know, Athena's the future, but also because Nick Stahl has a gun and it's pointed right at Grace's head. And, and nobody, nobody knows what the key is to in universe. Right. We all know that it's some sort of nuclear code thing because of the crazy people being crazy people, but no one in universe knows what that's what it is. Right. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike this episode, but for all that they are trying to make you feel that grace is not long for the world it really starts to feel like we're leaning so much into the kid is the future that we're, you know, this is the walking dead universe. It's like, as soon as it's like, she's going to be the future, but is she, I was expecting right. both. I was expecting both of them to die, to be honest. We can hold out hope. Well, I'm, This is I a think, show about hope. I think ah. another part of my problem is, is that for all that grace Grace got more screen time last season than she's had this season. It's almost like they remembered that Grace was here and she was pregnant, even though we've seen her in other shots. You know, she was a Virginia was using her as a threat against Morgan, but that's kind of all she did the rest of the season was just be a prisoner that Virginia could threaten. Yeah, she's been she's been a fetch quest. She's been a MacGuffin. There's nothing wrong with making 
a character that doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue the focus of an episode. But generally speaking, and again, The Walking Dead is good at this, is, oh, look, we're going to focus on this character who we haven't focused on in a really long time. Clearly, they're doomed. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was, expect- I was expecting both her and the baby to die. Yeah. I'm glad, I- I'm glad I'm not a lady and have to give birth. I don't, I don't on next like, week's episode, folks, Curtis becomes a lady and has to give birth. No, in the, that's in that yeah. book, dude. It's in the book. Exactly. Can't wait for you to read it, Dustin. I cannot wait to read it. I am so excited. I uh, just don't like the. I don't like the idea of like you, you, once you, you give birth, this miracle. But still, somebody's got to look at your pussy, and that would make me very uncomfortable. I would. I think it would. Like make the birth last longer because I'd be all like, stop it. Oh, and you don't even realize like, like we have been raised Western medicine has really fucked up the birth process. You know why we women give birth lying down in Western countries? No. To make it easier for the doctor to get to all the stuff. It's not easier for a baby to be born lying down. It's easier for a baby to be born with a woman in the squatting position. Because like, the they, like they grab, do it in the like, baths. Yeah. And and the only reason that women are laid down on operating tables for, for Western births in a hospital is because that way the doctor can see easier. It's, you know, it's all like everything that they did in this episode to give birth to that baby was wrong. She should have been squatting. She should have been up against one of those stalls holding on to the bars, like bearing down. That expands my entire worldview. In Roman times, the chances were not great that you would have a living child, right? Right. I I figured their walking dead world, they're about Roman times, pretty much, with some batteries left, you know. And uh, one in three women died in childbirth. You know, I can imagine, you know, your husband gets home from training gladiators and uh, and you got to go, honey, I'm pregnant. And he's like, fuck. Do you like gladiator movies? It's not not good news. It's not. It's like shit. Somebody here is going to die. Problem. Well, that's why that's why they had so many children, and uh, you know, and that's why polygamy works the way that it does. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, is that you know, back in the olden days, hmm. you know, you might need three or four wives to to you know have some successful kids. What better way to say I don't love any of you very much? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> If I cared more about Grace, if they if they had let us care more about Grace is fine. I don't have a problem with her as a character. I I quite enjoyed, I think, if I remember right, her earlier appearances in the show uh, in previous seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I liked her her I have to shut down all these nuclear plants arc. And so I mean it's it's nothing against her and I'm actually I'm fairly pleased she's not dead. Because I like, I think the actress does a fine job, but it's not, we, we didn't spend enough time with her recently for this episode to have as much weight, I think, as they want it to have. And The Walking Dead's cheerful, optimistic look at the future is not something that 
you can count on in this show. So I don't know. I just it was okay. I, I'm, but I, I didn't hate it, but it didn't have the punch. I think for me that they, I think they wanted it to have. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was the episode between the last one and the next one. <laughs> well, I guess the question is, is, is what kind of fallout is there from this? In the well, I of- hope. Here's what I think is going to happen: those fucking idiots with the nuke key are going to end up going, they're going to, okay, we're back at the old submarine. Now let's go blow up the fucking submarine. And it's going to, and they won't have the, uh, the uh, code, you know, like in Dr. Strangelove, because that was all about the code, right? They're going to need a code and they won't have it. And it's going to be like, like uh, when you lose a Plinko. <laughs> I think they'll all realize they've been hanging around this sub and it's got uranium leaking everywhere and they're all going to die of cancer in 16 years approximately. But I think that's, I think you're hitting real close to what is probably going to happen because (sighs) Grace has experience with nuclear, a nuclear power plant. We're going to find that the submarine has got leaky radiation and because Grace knows how to go in there and reduce the exposure to everybody else, because she lost her baby and she's going to die anyway, she's going to sacrifice herself. Oh, if this is if this is what happens, I'm going to be so. I think she's wrong about being sick too. I don't think she's sick. Oh no, she's sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, they they've they've established that she's got you know she she has radiation damage. But how much has been like, I can't really, you know. <laughs> you can't really say because, yeah. you know, she was wandering around in the woods, you know, fighting radiation zombies for, you know, a year or something. Right. So, I mean, that, it's it, that was one of the seasons I missed, apparently. Yeah. Her, her initial arc where, you know, she and Morgan got to know each other was kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. Grace is going to sacrifice herself to save everybody because she's got the nuclear knowledge and Morgan's going to be sad and then he's going to he's going to make a decision to be a thing. That it's going to last like five seconds into the next right. episode. So we have one more episode in the season, correct? No. No. We have four more episodes after this. How did that happen? I thought there were they, only... They breed like rabbits. So the next episode is called JD. The episode that is called after that is called Mother, which has set the internet ablaze. Why, you may ask? I do. Because this episode apparently involves Alicia reconnecting with old friends. In an episode called Mother. And if one follows the Fear the Walking Dead universe and one is a fan, one might have the thought (laughs) that the return of a certain character would dovetail quite nicely. And we talked about this in our last episode. That this would be the point where Madison would pop back in and go, Son of a bitch, give me back my kid or I'll kill you all. Nope, going to kill you all anyway because that's what I do. Now now I want to go on IMDb and see if Kim Dickens is in the cast for that episode. She won't be. She won't be because this show tortures me. This show doesn't want me to be happy. This show does not want me to have nice things. Well, 
you've met the Walking Dead universe, Dustin. This is, this is right. not a new state of affairs. After that, which, because it makes such a large amount of sense that we would actually get Madison back in that episode, she won't show up. <sighs> or if she does, it'll be a dream sequence and Alicia will die. But hey, um, <laughs> which would be bad. The episode after that is called USS Pennsylvania. So guess what's going to happen? We're going to get there. And the episode after that is called The Beginning. <sighs> it's really all you need to know about the season, really. And every detail we analyze in this show. I mean, you need to know that. Right. You don't actually have to watch the show. Just, just listen to us. We yeah. know what's best for you. And we're, we're telling you. Really. Yeah. It's safer this way. Yeah. I told my uh, told my friend I was talking to that, you know, she said she hadn't watched it in a long time. And I was like, just listen to our thing about it because, I mean, we pretty much explain it good enough and tell you whether or not you liked it or not. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we have things to look forward to. The return of Madison. In now. Come along. Join us. It'll only get worse from here. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, this is going to be fun. It always is. It always is. So if you have enjoyed listening to us, be uncertain about this episode and looking forward to bad television, which is something we're always certain about. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can leave us a message. Let us know what you think about this particular episode of Fear of the Walking Dead or any of the other shows uh, or movies that we talked about. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can leave us a comment. You can leave us a rating. Ratings are cool. They actually do help folks find the show. I know every podcast says that. It happens to be true. So that's why we all say it. But uh, we hope that you will join us again as we do four more episodes of this and zip up into the wild, crazy world of everything else that we watch. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.